Welcome to the Make It interview series. My name is Tara and today I get to interview Julia. So I'm super excited. Could you please, Julia, give us a little bit of introduction and background, um, where you're from, uh, where you went to school and what you studied? Yeah, so I grew up in Westchester County, New York, about 40 minutes north of New York City for people who are familiar with the area. And after that, I went to Cornell University for undergrad, where I graduated in 2016. I will get back to the college stuff, but after that, I moved to New York City, and I took some time off to travel, and then I worked for two years doing clinical research at Columbia University in a neuroimaging lab, and then went on to start medical school at Cornell, which the medical campus is actually located in New York City. Uh, so I'm currently a third year medical student at Cornell. And then as for, well, it's obvious what I'm studying now, but as for then, I was actually in a special program at Cornell called the College Scholars Program, which is like a unique independent major program. I'd say it's similar to kind of like doing a PhD, not that I equate it with doing a PhD, but in the sense that there's some more flexibility over your curriculum. Your major is really dictated by your honors thesis that you write at the end. So everything just culminates in your final thesis that you have to defend, much like a dissertation for a PhD. Wow, that sounds intense and exciting. <laughs> so what could you, what was your undergrad in again? Oh yeah, so I guess I didn't really talk about what the project was. So I did mine in music psychology oh. with a minor in sound engineering. So I was focused on kind of like my personal interest was like, what makes the perfect song? What makes music catchy? And how do songs get stuck in our head? Uh, and so I spent four years kind of researching this at a lab called the Music Cognition Lab at Cornell with my, I guess, undergrad mentor. Uh, and that really, that essentially was my major. Like my major was my honors thesis plus a sprinkling of sound engineering and my pre-med classes. That's so cool. So I love that you, how did you even tie together like the music psych and sound engineering and how did that lead you to going pre-med and now being in medical school? Yeah, so I feel like it's been a long journey but growing up, I played piano, I sing, I dance. Like I was always very, like my parents could not get me to play sports. I was like an arts kid uh, and I loved it. And it, art's still a big part of my life. But for school, like I, I was always like bookish, like I loved school. And I would say probably by like middle school, I was like, I'm gonna be a doctor. I don't really know like why I was overcome with this sense of doing this, but I, I just like knew I wanted to do it. I had like a little flip-flop for a second where I thought I was gonna be an orthodontist. And I actually found, my parents were moving this year and I found a letter that I wrote myself in sixth grade that was given to me on my high school graduation day by my sixth grade English teacher, where I talk about like my desire to become an orthodontist, which is like unusual, I would say for an 11 year old. But um, at some point that's what I wanted to do. So. Once I got to high school, like I had these two parallel interests. I was very much on board, like I'm going to go to medical school down the road. I was shadowing, I was doing research and all this. And my 12th grade AP English teacher put this book in my hand called This Is Your Brain on Music by like a famous music psychologist, uh, Daniel Levitin. He's up at McGill. And he wrote this New York Times bestseller talking all about like kind of like the neuroscience 
of how we're attracted to music and how we can use music to understand memory. And it really tied together neuroscience, psych and music. And I was like spiritually awakened and was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I never realized how my interests could come together in this unique way. And maybe I should explore this somehow because I've never really gotten to do the music thing from like an academic standpoint. So I love this book so much that my teacher encouraged me to take this seminar which was just a one day seminar that I took at Columbia. I came into the city for the day and it was taught by the guy who, he was the lead singer of the band Nine Days and he wrote the song Story of a Girl. I think that's like the wrong name actually, but everyone knows it as, as that song. And he talked about how he like wrote this one hit song and then could never write another hit song again or like not even couldn't, like it just didn't happen. And what made that song so perfect and so catchy and everything kind of came together where I knew I wanted to do something artistic in college, but also do this medicine thing. And Cornell has this program where you can apply if you know what you want to do and say like, this is what I'm going to do. This is my plan. This is who's going to mentor me. And I wrote my like college application essay about wanting to do this. So then when I got to Cornell, I applied for this program. I got in, I had this mentor, I did the whole thing. And because the program is really small, there's only about like 10 people per year who graduate from it. We each spoke at graduation to talk a little bit about what our uh, research thesis had been about. And a professor came up to me afterwards and he was like, I just wanna let you know that I was actually the person who admitted you to Cornell. And I remember your essay because now listening to you speak, you're talking exactly like about exactly the same thing that you wrote about then. And he's like, it's actually pretty rare that people stick to their word like that. So I guess you could say I'm like fairly consistent um, in, in those interests, but that's kind of how it all unfolded. Wow, that's incredible. That's, that is super exciting. I love that you talked about this like spiritual awakening of like connecting the dots. Um, and you answered a lot of my questions. Usually I'm like, oh, you always know what you want to do. <laughs> Um, and you've been pretty consistent. Um, that's so cool. And I love that the Cornell program, I like, I'm not familiar with a lot of programs that you kind of get to have a lot of, um, like say, and what your program entails and your classes and your mentors. So that's super interesting as well. It was cool. We were actually exempt. Not that this is like a great thing necessarily, but we were exempt from all of the like baseline requirements of the arts and science program at Cornell by nature of doing something that was somewhat humanities oriented and somewhat STEM oriented, I basically kind of checked off all the boxes without really trying and filled in the gaps a little bit, but we had total free reign. There was not a single class that I was required to take, which was one of the greatest strengths of the program, but also something that made it challenging. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And so in your undergraduate studies and now your graduate studies, what are some things that you like liked about these different programs? Um, and what are some things that you maybe didn't like? And you've had experience in all levels of education now. So I'm curious. Yeah. So for, for my major, I, I loved that I could do something that was like very true to myself. Like I am someone who is like creative and a, a little more like interdisciplinary so the fact that I could just, I didn't have to do like, not to say that this is a bad thing, but like not that I didn't, have to, I didn't have to do like a cookie cutter music major, like exactly what everyone did. I got to really like curate that um, 
because I'm someone who's organized, I knew what the target was and what I was trying to achieve. So I think there has to be a little bit of like self-starter attitude in order to do something like this. And I think the program kind of was really looking for that mainly. And then for the, the negative, it was hard because I was going through it alone. Like there were 10 people in my program who graduated with me. I didn't study the same thing as any of them. So it's not like I was in class with them or we were regularly seeing each other. Like maybe our major got together once a year. So maybe four times total. Um, so there was no one to like guide me along and say like, oh, maybe go for this or don't go for this class. So it was a lot of learning um, in that way. But because the research is really the foundation of it and I had, a lot, I had a lot of credits like from research and I had a consistent mentor throughout, there was some continuity um, that I think was unique. And then now being in medical school, medical school is like a whole different ball game and the curriculum is really innovative. Like I actually, I love the way that our curriculum is set up at school. But at the same time, there's no room for flexibility or, or very minimal room for flexibility. So that is just because in order to become a doctor, you need to meet X, Y, and Z criteria, which is totally reasonable. Um, but coming from such a flexible background, it feels very polar opposite to what I had in undergrad. Yeah. So how is that transition? Like what specifically, like what type of doctor would you like to become? Like, are you still tying in like music and neuroscience or you mentioned like surgery before this? So what path yes. are you going down? So a big reason I actually wanted to come to Cornell for medical school, there were many, um, but Cornell is a really wonderful music and medicine program, which is like it partners with Juilliard and uh, they offer at Manhattan School of Music, they offer us all these really cool things. You can take classes for free. You can take lessons with professional musicians. Um, and there's like even an orchestra within that's made up of like nurses, healthcare workers, students. It, it's just a really cool, unique thing that we have here. And it's given me a lot of opportunities to play music in the hospital. So I, I sing, I play guitar, whatever kind of singer songwritery thing. And I'll play on the pediatrics floor sometimes I'll play for adults sometimes. So it's a nice little outlet in that way. So I do feel like I've been able to tie it into my life as for, what kind of doctor I want to be. It's, it's interesting. Cause I feel like for something I was so consistent for so long about what I wanted. And now that I'm here, I've definitely flip-flopped a lot over what I thought I was going to do uh, medicine wise. I'm in the phase of my curriculum now where we're required to do all of these clinical rotations and I'm wrapping up like all the required ones. Essentially I have two left. So I'm currently, today was my last day of my OBGYN rotation. I was on gynecologic surgery. So that's why I was in the OR. However, I, I think I'm more of a medicine person than a surgery person. And I'm still kind of trying to figure that out. So I think consistency is great for setting goals, but also allowing yourself the freedom to change your mind is healthy and helpful. I love that you made that point. Um, and that's super cool that you get to do all these kind of like required rotations. I mean, it might be frustrating for somebody who's like, I know what I want to do. Like, I want to do this, but that is cool that you've been able to like flip flop a little bit. Um, wow. And I love that you're incorporating music into that too. That's just like kind of putting a bow on everything and yeah. they'll bring all part, all parts of yourself to like medical school and work um, and utilizing your skills. Yeah. I mean, I think that like 
medicine is inherently a creative thing. Like there are standards and protocols and, and a lot of the time it is, it is standard or standardized rather to be treated, treat a patient in such and such way. But there's a lot of art in like learning how to diagnose someone correctly. And what if the standard treatment isn't working or doesn't work well for the patient because they have side effects, et cetera. Like, what do you do then? So I think the kind of like out of the box thinking that you do in music is similar to medicine. Like I talked on my interviews for medical school about how I actually thought that music theory and organic chemistry were the two most similar classes I took in college because in music theory, I was trained to understand this technique called counterpoint, which essentially, if you know all the rules of counterpoint, like I can write a sheet of music without playing anything and know that it'll sound good based on like following all of these rules. And in organic chemistry, it's like the same kind of thing. It's like in music, we say like, okay, if you put these two notes together, it's going to sound good. And if you put these two notes together, it's going to sound bad. And organic chemistry is the exact same thing. It's like, if we mix an alcohol with a different compound, we're going to get this. But if we mix an alcohol with some other compound that's similar, what do you think we're going to get? It's all pattern recognition. Uh, so I think that my background was, was kind of, it was obviously different than a lot of my peers, but it was definitely cool in a way. Like it, it, it had plenty of pros for sure. Was it hard going to medical school, medical school without having like an undergrad in like pre-med or biomed or biology or something like that? Yeah. So you have to take, like, you don't actually have to major in, I don't know of schools that have like a pre-med major, but m many people and most of my classmates, I would say majored in like biology or biochemistry, something of that nature. Like um, but yeah, exactly. But it's not like a requirement for applying. The requirement for applying is that you do, I mean, I'm not even going to list off the exact classes, but like you need a certain amount of chemistry, a certain amount of bio, physics, et cetera. And as long as you meet those criteria, you're eligible to apply pending like the MCAT and, and all of the other things that go into the application process. But from a purely academic standpoint, you just need a kind of group of courses. Uh, so I had taken all those courses in, as an undergrad because I mean, I knew like from a young age that I wanted to go to medical school. And even though I wanted to do this music thing in college and I did deviate a bit, like I worked in the music industry for a bit and tried out different things. Like it helped and it ultimately kind of like led me back to my original decision, which was like, I, I feel like I should go with my gut. Like, this is what, this is who I am. This is what feels right for me. So I definitely didn't take as many science classes as like someone who majored in chemistry or biochemistry. I took a fair amount of science courses over the course of my college time and then went on to like work in the clinical space for a couple of years. So I, they start you like everyone starts off maybe on different hands, but like you get the same baseline curriculum for everyone in the first semester. So I don't, I don't know that like what you major in really plays such a big role as like how well you did in your pre-med classes. That's really good to know, especially I think it's great for students to hear that because, you know, what if you do go to college for something and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I'm interested in med school or interested in that. And I think a lot of students, first of all, choosing what you want to do at 18 and <laughs> like hard. Impossible. Yeah, it's very hard. And then if you change your mind, I know myself included, a lot of students are like afraid to switch majors because like, oh, I already put so much time into this or yeah, they feel not qualified so it's 
it's really interesting to hear like your path and how you've um like stayed the course but also deviated enough to like gain new experiences and um it's super cool (laughs) yeah I mean I think like whenever I talk to people who are pre-med I always encourage them I I say like I'll be like, if you love biology or you love chemistry and that is like your greatest academic love and you can't imagine studying anything else, then go for it. That's what you should major in. But if you want to be a doctor and but you also like have this interest in American history, like do that instead. Like if you have another possible major, do that. It's so easy to get burnt out from all the science classes you take in undergrad and then you're going to go retake everything and more in medical school that like it's such a good time to explore your other interests. Um, And I would definitely encourage people to do that. At some point, people, at some point, somebody told me that the highest acceptance to medical school by major at a certain time was music. And that certainly like had nothing to do with why I ended up choosing it. But um, they love non-traditional people. They love people who took time off and did something different or majored in something different. Those things like add to your application. They definitely don't detract from it. So I always viewed it as like, even if I was going to go to med school and I deviated, like it would probably serve me well in the end. And now I can safely say that I really tried the other thing I thought I could be professionally interested in and came to the realization that I, as much as I love music, like it's just not what I want my like profession to be and that I was right the first time. And that can be a really helpful realization for people too. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you so much for sharing like so much of your journey. It's super helpful <laughs> no problem. for me and the students as well. Um, and so... I guess, um, what are some other like experiences you had throughout your college, um, whether it's undergrad or grad school or med school, like what are some experiences you had that helped shape uh, kind of like who you want to become today and the future doctor that you will be? Yeah, so I feel like, I feel like it's a lot of, a lot of things. I definitely, when I first got to college, I was like, all right, I'm going to take these pre-med classes because like, I think I'm going to go to med school one day. But I feel like liberated. Like I've never been able to take a music class like in a true sense before. Um, and I had like all this new freedom that I didn't have. And it, it definitely kind of put these question marks in my head. So like I said, I ended up working in the music industry for a few summers and I did different things. Like I worked for a record label one summer. One summer I worked for a sound branding firm that basically does like sounds for technology products. And then one summer I worked at this music tech company and they were all awesome experiences in their own way. Um, and taught me something along the way for sure. The last thing I did before really pivoting back to the medicine thing is work at this music tech company. And it's a, it's a startup. I I guess they're still considered a startup. They still exist, but, um, it was an awesome experience. I did like analytics like data analytics for them and it was funny because like I had never worked in like done business data analytics before but I had spent a lot of time on like stat softwares from doing research in labs in high school and college that like it was applicable like to what we were doing with the consumer data for the customers and it was I learned so much I worked with amazing people I went to a million concerts but in my free time I was reading articles about Alzheimer's disease and like having this epiphany that like, I, I was going to look back one day, I was going to be like turned 40 and look back and say like, I should have gone to med school. Like, that's really like what my heart told me to do. 
Um, and so I feel like that from that point on, I was like, okay, I'm ready to like jump back on the horse here. I haven't missed a beat. Like I've, I've taken all my classes, but I've definitely maybe a little bit behind my peers as far as like shadowing, et cetera, things like that go. So I was like, all right, well, what do I need to do to get there? I got to take the MCAT. I got to make up for these clinical hours. And so that was part of the motivator for taking time off after college. But also I just like wanted time to live. Like I wanted two and a half years to not be in school and like to, to not be a student for the first time. And that I think was really helpful. And I encourage like anyone going to grad school to take time off just because the most influential thing that I've done in my life was taking that gap time just because it gave me such a different perspective about like how you can, how do I like enjoy your life and like the things that matter to me. Like I loved spending so much time traveling and trying all sorts of different new things and that I didn't want to like totally give that up in grad school. Obviously there's like a level of demands that there is in med school that you can't always get around. But I think I was so stressed out and overwhelmed a lot of the time in college, particularly when I was like writing my thesis and in med school, like there've been very stressful periods, obviously, but overall, I don't think I'm as stressed out as I was in college. And I think a lot of that came from like personal growth in that time off and really being excited about going back to school. Like you have to be excited about that next chapter. And for me, not only did I have some like clinical hours to make up, but it, it took, it took me some time to be excited about it and to be ready to go back to school and commit to this. And now I feel much more confident about the decision. So I think those were probably like two of the big things that really, really changed and helped me a lot as far as things have gone so far in grad school. You're awesome. Like this is, <laughs> it's like so cool for me to hear somebody like taking time off in between school, but then still going to med school. Cause a lot of times we hear like, it's like, go, 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 like undergrad, then MCAT, then, med, you know, and it's like, yeah. when do you live? When do you breathe? Like you said, it's, it's overwhelming. And like, there's a tremendous amount of sacrifice inherent to choosing medicine as a career path. And that's a sacrifice that I'm have already been making and am willing to make. But I think the, that time off like made me more willing to make it. Like I would have felt gypped in, in some sense if I went straight through and I didn't have at least a little bit of time in my 20s to kind of just like enjoy my life for a minute. And the funny thing is, is like I'm here and yet in some ways I still feel like I don't know what I want to do. Like be, being X type of doctor versus Y type of doctor is can essentially be completely different career paths. Um, so people and a lot of my peers, my friends are like, it's amazing. Cause like, you know what you want to do with your life. And I'm like, I kind of like took one step in the right direction, but there's still so many questions. And I like that. Like, I'm, I, it's kind of nice to have some of that uncertainty to feel that even though I'm like on somewhat of a like specific trajectory, that there's a lot of decisions that I still have left. And then I can consider the things that I learned about myself in that time off when I make those decisions moving forward, as far as like lifestyle goes and expectations. And it's, it's amazing. Cause like in undergrad, I met with this, this, um, like former alumni who had done his MD MBA. I can't even remember where, but I was talking to him about it and saying that I want to go to med school and I might want to do my MBA and all this stuff. And he, I was, but like, you know, the extra year and he was like, well, five or six years seems like a lot of time right now. Cause like you're 20 years old. 
but in the grand scheme, and he's like, and, and you know what, like six years is a, a significant percentage of your 20 year life. But like one day when you're like 40 or 50 or 60, like six years is going to be a lot less of a percentage of that life. So like the difference of one or two years in the grand scheme of things doesn't make a big difference and should never stop you from trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. And I mean, there's people in my med school class who are in their early thirties. There are people who came right from college and the variety is amazing. Like everyone has a different story and different experience. And I love that. And now like I actually am applying to do an extra year for my MBA, which I may or may not do. It's kind of just like a work in progress, but it's definitely not because of like that extra year anymore. Like before I was so concerned about that one extra year. And now I realize like I am going to get to where I'm trying to go. It's, it is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And that is like, I feel like the slogan you need to live by as somebody like training in the healthcare field. Yes, that's a super good point. Um, definitely. And I think that was my perspective too. When I started undergrad, I was like, all right, get in, get your degree in four years, get a job right away, get your MBA ASAP, ASAP, ASAP. And now I'm like, I should probably live life. So I have experiences to like tie together with all this theory and knowledge that I'm like gaining. So yes, absolutely. Dropping great advice. (laughs) Also, my last question is what I wanted to ask is what is a piece of advice that you would give to prospective college students who maybe they're just graduating high school and they don't know what they want to do, or they are like in undergrad and they're still figuring it out. Like, what would you tell those students? Yeah. Well, the first thing that I would tell them is that they should embrace uncertainty, that like being uncertain is totally okay. Being certain about the wrong thing is going to lead you in in not as good of a direction. Um, So being uncertain is, is fine. I look back and like, even though I did something pretty interdisciplinary for my major, I wish, wish that I had taken a government class or had stuck with taking Spanish, things like that. And that's like time I can't get back and opportunities that I can't really get back. So being uncertain is okay. And that should hopefully lead you down the road of like exploring a lot of different things and having like a breadth of knowledge across disciplines is never hurt anybody in their life. And then the other biggest thing that I would say is like mentorship, mentorship, mentorship. Like I can't say enough, like how big of a role my mentor in college played in helping me get through my independent major program. And just like personally, I mean, like she emailed me last week and was like, we should set up a zoom soon. And like, I go back and I've gone to visit her up in Ithaca. And like, we still have this wonderful relationship that is, is really special to me. And so I think that is just, you can't take for granted the value of good mentorship. And my mentor from after college, who I worked for at Columbia, like he's still very present and we still like, you know, sometimes work on some research projects together and whatnot. And those kind of like long-standing relationships are really, really important. And especially because I feel, I feel like you shouldn't necessarily just have a mentor in like what it is that you're doing. Like my mentor from college, like she's a psychologist, like she would have loved for me to like want to do the psychology route, but it's nice to have like kind of a fresh set of ears to talk to about my path and like what I'm going through and that not everything has to be just about like your career and what you're focused on. So finding the right mentor and developing those kind of relationships, someone who knows you is, is really, really important and just like helpful. Thank you so much, Julia, um, for for sharing today. 
Um, of course. I feel like energized and you gave so many great, there's so much great advice. Um, and just hearing your journey was super awesome too. And I'm really excited to share this with the other students. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Um, I'm always excited about like talking to undergrads to like our pre-med, not pre-med, gap year, no gap year, whatever. I did a lot of like admission stuff for Cornell. I interviewed for Cornell um, like as like an alumni interviewer and all of that. So I think that the value I have found in personal mentorship, I like hope to be able to give back to students like now and continue moving forward. Hmm. That's going to be so cool because like think of how you look at your mentors and they're like older than you and you're yeah. like, and then one day like that's going to be you and you're going to see all these lives that you've touched and that's super cool. I hope so. Um, I think that uh, yeah, I think that I hope I can do the same thing. Even still, like being three years into medical school, I still look around and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to learn. And, and I do, I have a lot to learn, but I have plenty of time and training ahead of me to do it. And and people should should embrace that. Like, don't wish time away. You'll, you'll get there. You'll reach your mentor in some way or another, but don't wish away the time. Mm-hmm.